This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. that I'm taking in cultural biology. Nope, cultural anthropology. I know what class I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking about like body shaming, body positivity. And one of the things that came up for me in general, because I have breast augmentation, I feel like a lot of people have like a real down opinion on, you know, that how how somebody modifies their body. But I I have a question. Like what is the difference between modifying my body through cosmetic surgery or modifying my body by covering it in tattoos and piercings or piercings. And like that? Thank you. I was yeah. going to say the same thing or dyeing your hair. That's right. Cutting your like any well, I, I you know people can keep their opinions to themselves. I a hundred, you know? I a hundred percent agree. I think that people should be allowed to do whatever they want with their bodies. If you know, I've had this conversation with you already about like beauty standards in general and where they're rooted, and I think that that is a valid conversation to have. However, mm-hmm. do I think it's anybody's business what you choose to do with your body? No, and. Do I think that life is too short? Oh, girl. Like, yes. if, if you want to do something that makes you feel good about yourself and makes you happy, then you should be allowed to do that. You're not hurting mm-hmm. anybody else. And there's no reason why anybody should have a comment about what you do to your body. I mean, everybody on this podcast knows that I'm a feminist. I have a feminism podcast. And I do think that the conversation surrounding our beauty standards and where they come from and why they exist or whatever... Mm-hmm. The, why we might want to make the choices that we make. Like, for instance, for myself, I don't like having body hair. I want to shave it all off. You know what I mean? And having that conversation a- around why that is might be valid. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because body right. autonomy and it is sacred. <laughs> your body, your choice, you get to do whatever you want with your body, period. That's right. Absolutely. And furthermore, like what I was saying earlier, um, it, it's 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 more than than where it came from, because that is a valid conversation. I also want to see where it's going. Agreed. Because I do see people that are taking body autonomy mm-hmm. and body image away from male gaze, away from society's gaze. And I feel like we're at the infancy of that. And I want to see yeah. where that's going. Where Absolutely. It's, it's not about those things anymore. And people are doing things to make themselves. I feel like if you're happy, healthy, and you're doing your thing, like, agree. And yeah. way and up for me. I totally want to point out, Cass, I'm not saying at all that, like, anybody necessarily gets an augmentation or any kind of, like, cosmetic surgery because of the male gaze or because they're trying right. to please men. I think the but larger the conversation, conversation right? is, is worth having. But I do think at this point, like, I'm a big makeup enthusiast. I actually like putting on makeup more than Anthony likes me in makeup. 
Do you know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm, for but me. You don't do it for Anthony. Right. Yeah. It's for me. It's a fun thing that actually I yeah. share with my girlfriends more than I share with any man or it's for any man. So I think of yeah. it as an art form almost. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Culture evolves and it changes. Yep. And if you're happy with the way that you look and you're not hurting anybody, it's nobody's business. Right. Well, it takes me to a broader scope too. So first and foremost, I just want to say that if we're going to talk about body positivity, my, my, my end statement is that it has to not, it can't exclude anyone or anything, right? Sure. Yep. I just don't think it can. I think if you're going to say body positivity, it has to include everyone. There we go. Yeah. Um, I've held my tongue long enough. <laughs> we're on, uh, I, I've got to talk about Jason Collier. Oh God, you are just like <laughs> squirming out of your skin right now. I really am. Okay, so I was talking to Cassie when we first um, got on before you joined Keegan. And of course, I was like crying because this is the week that I've had. Um, we pretty much came to the conclusion that I got ghosted. So I thought I had a, a job and it's been uh, like over three weeks now since they told me that I'd be contacted by HR. Nobody's contacted me. So I'm pretty sure I got ghosted, which is so funny to go through that with a job as well as having to have gone through that dating. But regardless, the thing that saved me this week from a full-blown depression was this was the very first time (laughs) in my life that I was in from the beginning. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so from let me just the address beginning. let me just address before we get started. So, we are pre-recording and by the time this episode comes out, we are aware that the Jason Collier business will be old news and or have evolved into something completely different because the mm-hmm. internet moves at the speed of light, okay? But at the time we are recording, <laughs> this is <laughs> This is, I I forget, like day four or five, like, so we're recording, this is Friday, all this noise started, what, Wednesday? Wednesday, I want to say. Wednesday. Wednesday morning early for us in California. I wasn't out of bed yet. I was not out of bed yet. I woke up, I checked my phone, somebody had put in the Facebook group, God bless, man, I Mm. should look and give that person a shout out, because somebody in the Facebook group was like, hey... You guys need to get in on this. It's happening in real time before this thread gets shut down. You need to go mm-hmm. check out this thread. And of course, me being the nosy bitch I am, I vacuuming d- grass. I don't have my bonnet off yet. I'm still in bed. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I go to the thread. I swear to God, I was 15 minutes late for work because I am scrolling. I'm reading every comment. Yep. Oh, do you want to do the honors, Christina, and give everybody who maybe doesn't know? Okay. Okay. I I have to assume there there might be some people that don't know because for long, long reasons, which we may not get into here, there were people commenting today that were asking what Q was. Oh, dear. Because this is that global. They were like, what's Q? And I was like, let me tell you, Jewish <laughs> space lasers. Oh All my this- God. Buckle up. Buckle up, Australia. I got you. So fucking, okay. Jason Collier is a chief of a small <laughs> town in Stinnett, Texas. He was married 
to a woman, a lovely woman named Opal with four kids. Not even was. Is. 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 Well, hopefully was by this point. But anyways, he had two kids from previous marriage and Opal had two kids. So they're married. (laughs) And this wonderful badass bitch named Cecily Steinmetz decides that she is going to post a picture of her new fiance. They have been dating (laughs) for a couple of months which is a little moving too fast food if you're asking me, but you know, to each his own, I move too fast food in my own relationship too. So I ain't one to judge. I ain't passing when judgment. When you know, you know. When you know, when you, well, know you know. Unless it's when Jason you know, Collier. You know. And when you know, you know. But the <laughs> side, what sidebar, this is totally not the point of this. But since we were just talking about makeup and people having all kinds of opinions about like, I've seen so many men say that like makeup changes women's appearance and it's like mm-hmm. catfishing or whatever. Can we also talk about beard fishing for like five seconds? Because that man Amen. looks totally different with a beard, Jason Collier, <laughs> than he does without one. Listen, listen, I'm going to say this too. And you guys can tell me if I should cut it out or not. I probably will end up cutting it out. But he is the fucking classic guy in his fucking late 30s that was oh. big and lost a bunch of weight and now thinks his he's hot shit dick is fucking gold. Jeez. Do you know okay. what I'm talking about? He's like nobody paid attention to me in high school. Oh, he still bigger. ain't hot though, I got to say. He ain't hot. No, no, he's not. He looks better with the oh. beard. He does look better with the beard, but but yes, beard Beard fishing is a thing. It is a thing. That is a, that ate, but you know what? That's a choice that you can make with your body. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. (laughs) It is. It is a thing. So Cecily posts a picture of her fiance and her fucking friend notices that there is a woman on Jason's work because he works he's chief of police of this fucking town Mm -hmm. there's a woman that's liking all these posts and shit and she's like who is this god bless this friend you know what is liking my friends this this woman this friend lost her job during covid yes and now it's me she's like it's me she's like i have all the time to be spying on my friend's new fiance (laughs) (laughs) honey i'm like if that ain't one of you Mm -hmm. i don't know 100 percent. so she's like she looks at this chick's profile and she's like that's my fucking friend's fiance with this this woman and her fucking kids and so that's when it blows up and cecily's like puts it out there on her photo and then and then goes to the city of Stinette's page the entire metropolis of Stinette which is 1400 people <laughs> and doesn't recommend the city reviews the city thumbs down and lays out all the tea and that <laughs> shit went viral it went bananas so you go to her page where it's like it you know it is a selfie of her and jason and you see her post a thing where she's like well just found out that he's married i guess that they she had mutual friends with Mm -hmm. opal the wife right and so they commented as well and they were like yo you need to check this out so she made a comment on that post rather than taking it down she made a comment on that post then the other (laughs) girlfriend who was the one who (laughs) was liking all his shit 
um, in the PD page, the police department yeah. page, she gets on there. Those two public back they're back and forth sharing receipts, sharing screenshots Dates. of text messages, sharing photos. They're sharing timelines. They're like, hey, whenever that photo was taken, he was, you know, whenever he, he texted you that. Seattle. He, they're the, like, he texted you the, that. He was laying in bed with me in Taos. I was like, oh, my God. And the coffee makers. Oh, oh, my oh, my God. The coffee makers. The fucking memes, you guys. The, the memes. memes are, oh, God, the oh. internet, man. The internet. It's well, a blessing and a that, curse. Because that's one of the things Cecily showed is that, like, he, she was, like, a little suspicious of it moving to fast food. And she's like, yo, like, are you married? And he's like, no, that got annulled. And he... Yeah, filled Girl. out like <laughs> as someone who is doing their own divorce, like you can print out court forms, yeah, like from the internet that you fill out and then turn into the courthouse or like whatever. So he had filled out this one sheet annulment paper, which ladies, you know, huh. like I have filled out, sir, hundreds of pieces of paper now to get a quote-unquote easy divorce. And so this one piece of paper that he's filled out and not even tried to forge this bitch's nah, name All the handwriting nothing. is the same. It's exactly like, it's all the, the same. same. Oh, it's, it's, There's no stamp or seal on it. Nothing. It's nothing. just... He's like, yep, it's annulled or whatever. And she's like, mm, suspicious. But so, she accepts it. And like, I, I feel like... That's also something to be there's something to be said about like the trust that you put in people, because, you yeah. know, if I liked someone enough, I'd probably be like, OK, well, I trust them not to have gone through the difficulty of like printing something out and like they're not going to deceive me to this degree. So I guess it's legit, even though it does look a little suspicious. You know, you rationalize those things. And this proves my point. This is the entire thesis of our podcast boiled down to this point in that yes you yourself might get love struck mm -hmm. and might give people the benefit of the doubt but your fucking best friend won't mm -hmm. christina you That's know if right. you had showed us that annulment we would have been like girl, mm -hmm. girl. Mm -mm. <laughs> the judge that reviewed it gave a statement that said that's not even the correct number of, yes, the cause number isn't the <laughs> same, not, isn't the right thing. It's, like, it's not even close. Lord, <laughs> Lord. Like, oh, my God. And so then, and so then, by the time then, in the morning that I had gotten through the entire thread, I was like, okay, I'm done <laughs> with this thread. I was yeah. like, I'm going to go to the, I had to get up and get Next some coffee because I'm like, I'm kind of tired. And then yeah. I went to the Stinnett police department's page it had already been shut down because jason collier was an admin of that page mm -hmm. never god i chose the right time to come back to facebook i swear to god Ooh. so he'd shut yeah, that page down and so i couldn't go there so then everybody went to the city of stanette's page oh. and it just became no. a <laughs> meme page just everybody posting memes the internet worked oh. so fast to make all these jason collier memes oh Ooh. my god it was amazing and then more I've women never came. I felt like more of a global citizen than I have in that moment. In that one beautiful, shining moment, everyone was united. Yeah. It wasn't a fight. There was a day where everyone on the internet 
had a common cause. Didn't and matter it was, yeah. where it was you were beautiful. on the political spectrum. Didn't matter nope. what country Everybody you hates were Jason. from. People were, <laughs> people were tagging their location uh, of mm-hmm. where they were from. People were creating groups specifically yes. just yes. to call out Jason Collier. It, can you, can you, what I would not give to be a fly on the wall Oof. when he woke, when woke up, up that morning. And saw the notification. His phone was hot. His phone started a fire. That's how hot his phone was. That gives me chills because that is like, that is instant karma. Because what he did is not uncommon. It really isn't. There's just something about why things go viral is very interesting to bring it back to the cultural anthropology class you talked about earlier. There is a reason, a time, there are, are certain factors that happen to make a post go viral. Yeah. There's something about, when you think about in the United States where we have been for the past few months and even the f- past four Wednesdays of January, our news cycle, what they have been, something mm-hmm. about this post united us gave us a common cause and brought us together it was something that we needed we needed it we sure did we needed something something to distract us besides bernie i mean bernie did a good job bernie did his Mm -hmm. best bernie memes but this was something that was for the most part divorced from politics um for the most part i mean and so it 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 (laughs) felt different it hit different although Mm -hmm. i do have to say even with that do you guys feel like people from other countries are watching America with just like a glass of wine and a bucket of popcorn? Just like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> like, people from <laughs> Australia are commenting on the city of Stinnett's like, Facebook it's, page. It's a little embarrassing, I do have to say. And like the further that it it digs on, because obviously we're we're day three now to this this nonsense, and like people are digging in, and divides are starting to form. So it's already going bad in a way. Politics has entered the equation. Not only that, like really bad, like hate and um, homophobia Oof. has entered the fucking conversation, Why? which is like. Because the so internet, it's, it's, the internet's a blessing and a curse. It giveth and right. it taketh away. That's that's how it works, yeah. you know. But I I want to talk about how this motherfucker had time for this, like because okay. he had a wife, two fiancés, and like how many girlfriends? Eight, eight. How? Eight. How? How? Eight. And you got kids? Like literally? I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. Tired. Let me. Correct that. As of as of right now, what is confirmed is he had a wife. Possibly he still wasn't divorced legally from his first wife. No. Two fiancés, Cecily and Christy, and eight girlfriends. Oh, what? what? I, I and, don't understand. And you guys- he's like on some kind of like uh, a team that goes to different states when crisis happens. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that? why he told them he was on some kind of like special, like special ops <laughs> special team. Like ops. that's why he was out of town so much. I'm like, homie, no, no, no. But I mean, I'm telling you, look, 
I had cramps today and didn't change out of my pajamas. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't understand Mm -hmm. how this man had the energy and time. Like, you could not take a day off. You couldn't be sick. Like, I I, know. And the amount of money spent on coffee makers, just like I (laughs) can't imagine. And as somebody that gets a little bit of anxiety when I get notifications in general, be it from Facebook or Instagram or like our text threads, like I looked away from my phone for a few minutes today. I picked it back up. There were 71 text messages from our group thread. And I was like, (gasps) what did I miss? I'm like, that motherfucker must always have notifications. He must always have notifications. And that alone gives me anxiety. (laughs) The funny thing is, too, though, is that his shit's super recyclable. Like, even the videos that he was like, oh, you know, I'm out on the road. I miss you. That kind of shit. I'm like, he could fucking send that to anybody. He didn't say anybody's name. He didn't say any name. It's always baby and the, oh, my God, the honey bunny stuff. Honey bunny. Honey bunny. You know, he didn't even call them all kitten like Army Hammer or anything. There was just no, it was so generic. I, I also love, you know what I also love to see? is a good fake apology because he did like an apology video where he was like, he sent it to Cecily, I think. And he's like, I'm just so sorry. I let you down. And man, as an actor, I'm like, you could take take some classes, my guy, because nobody is buying that shit. Like you could take some Strasburg, you know, Mm. some Stella Adler (laughs) to try and get yourself emotionally connected because I'm not buying those sniffles, Jason. No, not at all. Nah. It's listen, listen. You're gonna get found out if you do shit like that. If How you want to be not? casual, if you want to be casual, be casual. Be on the front, up and up with it. There are plenty of people that are at that stage in their life. That's what they want. So do that. There's no shame in fucking getting your dick wet or fucking dick hopping. Whatever. Do you? But, but don't be, be married honest. to someone. Exactly. Or don't, don't be married lie, to someone who's not on. in on it. Like right. there are plenty that's, of open right. marriages. You know what I mean? That's but right. I don't think Correct. Opal signed up for that. Because we didn't no. even address the fact that like he's like, I'm an ordained minister. I'm oh. a godly man. Like yep. uh, all those things. And he's like, what was Dear the Barbara. deal with profanity too? Where he's just like, I just. <laughs> yeah, he's he can't accept profanity. And yeah, it's just like the hypocrisy. That's we've talked about this before. It's like a lot of times, you know, there's people that that get on, you know, um, people in power that get caught in some sort of like scandal or whatever. And it turns into gay bashing when it's not about that. It's about the The hypocrisy. hypocrisy. Absolutely. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what that's what we get. And I'm like, I'm not bashing jason's faith or whatever when i talk shit about him i'm bashing his hypocrisy right i'm not bashing his faith i'm not bashing the fact that he's sleeping with a bunch of different people that's not the problem the problem is you're lying to a bunch of different people and you're acting like you're better than other people and you're trying to enforce rules on other people that you don't abide by yourself because he also had right. a bunch of texts where he was being like super jealous and stuff and it's like are you serious yeah my with, guy with fucking two fiancés and eight girlfriends and oh my god yeah so i i jumped down the 
the rabbit hole. I may have joined a whole bunch of different groups. Oh this man. Week. Mm. Um my favorite being right now Christy Schaefer and Netflix documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Is it cute Christy with a Q? It is cute. <laughs> it is. And let me tell you, I, I have I've had so much joy this week explaining what QAnon is to to people from other countries who are like, why are why is everybody keep spelling it with the Q? <laughs> and I'm like blow on my fingers and just like Type, 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 oh, type, type. you know what, Christina, and you can feel free to leave this in or cut it out. But like, this has got to be a fun week for you because if this wasn't the most eat the rich of weeks of Ooh, all time, uh, oh girl, mm, nom 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 Reddit, nom nom. Ready? Okay. Came. So next time, I'm gonna put this out there. Like, we don't have a shit ton of listeners, but I know at least one of our listeners had to be in on that GameStop sh- stuff. Mm. Shoot. Somebody attacks. I got fucking money to spare to eat the rich. I'm in on it with you. I'm there. You know how mad? How mad was my ass? I was outside smoking, and some girl was on her phone talking real loud, walking her dog, and she's like, "How is my stock doing?" This was literally before it all came up, and she was like, and uh, talking about putting stock in some, and it wasn't it wasn't GameStop, but it was like, I don't even remember, but it was Like like. AMC or something yes AMC how's my AMC stock doing or Mm -hmm. something like that and I was like what the fuck is she talking about and then I was like went inside and checked my stocks because that's what I do but then and then the next morning it was talking about I was like god damn I should have jumped on that AMC Mm -hmm. shit let me tell you this is not a political podcast it never has been of course we three are very political people and we definitely have opinions we tend to leave these off the podcast I will say that if something happens with regulations for the stock market to protect those hedge fund fucks oh, before will. we get a stimulus check or COVID relief, I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed. And I'll leave that in on the podcast because that's something you should be fucking pissed about is that they're going to protect those people that have been gaming the system and then they got pissed off that we learned how to game the system before they even try to help. Oh, girls, I'm five Christina, years I have a, up. Christina, I have a serious question for you. Do you like your rich with just like a little butter, salt, a little and pepper, salt, or, or do some you garlic, prefer like a like a marinade, a red, a red sauce, a red sauce? Okay, <laughs> you like to eat sauce. your rich with a red sauce. Got Girl, it. Girl, let mm-hmm. me tell you, Anthony sent me a Instagram thread that was pictures of people on Wall Street during Occupy Wall Street in in 2008 who were like drinking champagne and mocking the people who were protesting. And I'm like, man, it's amazing that we haven't had a a situation. (laughs) People people are out of work, but myself, and have nothing else to do. You don't think I can't get myself somewhere to make a fucking stink? I got enough money for cardboard and a Sharpie. I can make a sign and fucking yell plenty loud. My voice is loud. And I'm telling you, this shit is not right. Like, I love the fact. I fucking Wall Street bets all day. Go get it. But, like, if they try to do this shit and they don't address the real problems that we have in this country and instead try to protect hedge fund billionaires, there's a fucking problem. 
And everybody should be agreed on that. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, that is a fucking problem. Time to That is a problem. Yeah, it's time to unite, you guys. It's time to unite because we, as everybody who's not the 1%, have a lot more in common than we don't have in common. I'll tell you that much. Guys, (laughs) this is not a dating advice podcast, but, you know, if you want to put on your fucking profile that you have GameStop stock, dude, if I was single, I'd swipe. I'd swipe. (laughs) You're like solely for the conversation, solely for the conversation. Even I got that GameStop. I got that AMC. I'm hitting a Blockbuster next. I'd be like, "Ooh, hey!" (laughs) They're all like, "Sell, sell, sell." (laughs) I I, look though. I gotta tell you, man, nothing has made me feel more stupid than trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Like I was like, there's something that happens in my brain when people start talking about like finances where yeah. it goes immediately to like monkeys playing symbols. Like I can't <laughs> like I can't comprehend it at all. So like someone explained it to me as the plot of the producers and then it made way more sense where it was just like <laughs> they were betting on it being a flop and then mm-hmm. it was a hit and then they got screwed. <laughs> Like, right, yeah, because they have to they have to buy back those stocks and they're betting on buying back those stocks at one dollar instead of right. five dollars. So now they have to pay out so on now these they stocks have at five hundred dollars at five hundred dollars instead of a dollar. And so right. they're So both losing. of those things exist, exactly. Billions. Which is and loot, I've watched interviews with very angry old white man. I was about to ask Fox you News. if you were just like drinking <sighs> wine and watching billionaires cry on TV because that's a thing that's Oof. happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, this is my worst date podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Keegan. I'm Cassie. Well, who should we fuck, marry, kill this week? We could do famous billionaires we like that. Warren Buffett. Yeah, I, I mentioned I thought uh, we, did, that. we could do Bill, billionaires. Bill Gates and like No, we did Elon Musk for insufferable. Yeah. He still so applies, we like but Warren we've never Buffett, done Bezos. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. Uh, we did Famous do Bezos. Billionaires. No, we didn't. We talked no. about it, but it never aired. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, I wanna I wanna do um what's his name? Uh Gates. I want to do Bill Gates. Yeah, that's what I said. Warren yeah. Buffett, Bill Gates, yeah. Jeff Bezos. Okay. Okay. Fuck, Mary, kill. Those three. Hey, Christina, this is going to be the hardest for you, I think. I don't it know. Really this does not feel You're good like, to me. like, how do you me? not say kill, kill? This doesn't feel good to me at all. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm going to marry Bill Gates. Um, I think he does the most good with his money. Yes. Yeah. He does. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, look, he does, but the bar is set low. And like the thing is, I appreciate no, I that Bill Gates does what he does with his money, but I'm like, if you have that much money, I still feel like it's didn't, not enough. But didn't that's Warren me. Buffett start that pledge? Did you hear about that? There's a pledge that's going around to all the Uber Uber billionaires that they should get rid of all their wealth before they die. Oh, like, like for that. good causes. I'm oh, fairly man. certain Warren Buffett is the one that like started that. That there's a uh, there's a pledge where he's like, you can't fucking take it with you. 
do the most good you can while you're still alive. I know motherfuckers in Omaha. I don't. I listen. I'm not doing an A and E biography on these three listen, people, right. so don't come at me. I know what I know about these people, and I don't. Warren Buffett is also Omaha. 90 years old. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing you know that you, you came know. out with this now, honey. You're 90. You couldn't have said this How? shit when you were 50. Can you imagine what you could get for a billion dollars in Omaha? <laughs> he is the fourth wealthiest person in the world. Warren Buffett is Oof. as of December of 2020. Okay. What are the other ones? I'm I'm looking to see if if that pledge is true. He's a notable philanthropist having pledged to give away 99% of his fortune to philanthropic causes primarily via the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So he founded the Giving Pledge in 2009 with Bill Gates, okay. whereby All billionaires right. pledged to give away at least half their fortune. I know what I'm going to do, okay? So. I'm going to marry Warren Buffett. He's 90. <gasps> I was just going to say. Yeah. He's that's giving what I away know. his I wealth. I yep. like it. I dig it. Also, he's 90, okay? Like, you <laughs> know what I'm <laughs> I'm gonna fuck yep. Bill Gates. Yep. I'm gonna fuck. Yep. You know what? I'm gonna fuck Bill and Melinda Gates <gasps> at the same there time. Go. Let's let's get it. Okay. Both of them, because I think Bill Gates would be the most fun to hang out with. Even though Agreed. I definitely think he's a socks and sandal wearing motherfucker. Like for sure. <laughs> in bed <laughs> yeah. while he fucks you. He's his knee high socks. Fucking on. you in Birking stock. <laughs> no. A hundred percent. Yes. Tivos, those sandals. He's fucking you with Tivos. Tivos. <laughs> yeah, he keeps his glasses on too. He's gonna have to keep pushing them up yes. the whole time. Yes. You know, it's yes. fine. Okay, like yeah. I, I think that that's fine. And then I'm gonna kill Jeff Bezos for I feel like obvious reasons. The man yeah, is listening to me right now, but he definitely has the dead eyes of a shark, and I don't want any of that anywhere near me at any time. So, um them's my answers <laughs> I'm, I'm, with I'm with you same same i'm with you a thousand percent warren buffett would probably like he'd be a pleasant person to be married with you'd eat some soup together and <laughs> talk or not talk for hours that's right that's right dude and you know it's uh, i feel like it'd be real chill i'd be left to my own devices most of the time he mm -hmm. goes to bed at 7 30 p.m it's all right mm -hmm. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm happy with that answer i'm i am I'm, too i'm in i'm in i, am I like too. it you guys want to take five and come back with stories yes yes <laughs> and we're back all right christina kick us off Okay, so mine is pretty short, and it will make you furious. So Fun. there we go. So I matched with this guy on Tinder solely for a hookup. Two weeks go by, and we are both finally free to link up. I get to his apartment one night around 3.15 a.m. <laughs> well, I, I... I mean, goals. You got a goal. You got a goal in mind. But also, am I just old or maybe yeah. I've been out of the dating scene for too long, but I'm like, I'm not trying to go literally anywhere at three in the morning. Listen, you guys know the vast majority of my dates started after 10 p.m. on a fucking weeknight. 
that's what was up. Yeah, that's that not forty-two-year-old is... me, but twenty-two-year-old me. Sure. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Three thirty. Knock, knock, knock. I will say bars is I closed. Am, I am fucking Cinderella, and I did not leave my house after midnight. That is something <laughs> that I was just like. I'm too old for this shit. Right. I suppose suppose if you put it into, like, I I can't even comprehend being out and going to bars anymore because it's been so long. But I suppose if you put it into the context of, like, you were already out and you got that you up text when you're already dressed to be at the bar Mm -hmm. at 2 a.m., then I'd be like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. So I get to his apartment around 3.15 a.m. and I'm greeted by his German shepherd who literally would not stop jumping on me and he did absolutely nothing to stop it. I love dogs, so I didn't mind too much, but like it was kind of annoying. Anyways, we go into his room and Impractical Jokers is playing on the TV. Red flag number one. I don't know that show. Do you guys know that show? Impractical Jokers? Yeah, I think it's just kind of just like a dumb guy's prank show kind of thing. (laughs) Well, that's good because he proceeds to tell me this is the best show ever. Oh, God. We finally start making out and getting down to business. This is when things get weird. He He starts mimicking female moans in my ear while fingering me with one hand and beating off with the other. Huh. Huh. Why? That's uh, that's different. Extremely turned off by this, I go to top to start fucking him, and he literally tells me no, tosses me off him, and literally, like, proceeds to aggressively finger the fuck out of me. Then he... He moans loudly. <laughs> we have nothing to say. I, beca- well, I feel like we've addressed aggressive fingering on this podcast before. It doesn't end oh. well in general. I And also, I, I really do need context for how old they are. Because this this feels young. If you're getting out of bed at 3.15 a.m., you are under 30 years you're old. Getting- I'm sorry. I'm willing. I will stake my <laughs> life on this. You're getting out of bed at 3 a.m. to be fingered. Mm-mm. Badly. I am not. Badly. Badly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is an under 30 story for real. <laughs> he then moans loudly and releases himself all over the bed sheets on purpose. <laughs> he gave his bed a Victoria sandwich. The, them some Bridgerton vibes for real. <laughs> He said, yeet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, lady, he whistled out. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he lays back down next to me and smiles and says, wasn't that the best sex of your life? <laughs> <gasps> oh, sir, you don't know what sex is. <laughs> Sex is not your fingers. She goes, um, sir, are you kidding me? You did not even penetrate me once with your member. (laughs) Oh, this is Bridgerton. Instead of answering, I just looked over and made eye contact with the German shepherd who was sitting in the corner of the room. (laughs) You guys... I love animals. I do not want them in the room with me 
at no. all ever. No, this during gives no. me ever fucking busy bee vibes from no. Best in Show. Oh no, no. fuck no. in front of that Weimariner. <laughs> 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 I'm the same. I don't want to fuck in front of animals. It never. It gives me it gives me weird vibes. My own animals get kicked out. I'm like, oh, you, hell you, yes. you don't need to be Chuck in here. Get to be in the room. That's no, no, sir. After that, I told him I had to go because I had class in the morning and I ran out of the apartment. I still can't get over how uncomfortable that whole experience was. He still sends me daily selfie snaps and it literally gives me the ick. Daily. Oh, daily, sir. I don't oh. like that. No. No. All right. My story. So, I got my story from Reddit. It says, I'm relatively new to dating, seeing as I got into a relationship pretty young, and now I'm single for the first time in years. It's been about a year or so, to, uh, a year or so decided to meet some people. This was my first, quote, first date ever. God, I don't know how you guys do it. So I matched on Tinder. What else? Got chatting. He seemed quite nice. Arranged to meet up for a drink later that week. I've moved to the city, so I asked him to show me some nice pubs. I figure seeing as it's a pub and it's a Thursday evening, it's not a massive deal. So I just wear a skirt, t-shirt, and trainers. He doesn't shut up about it because he wore a blazer. (laughs) Makes a massive deal about me wearing trainers. You're just going to like a pub. And I've also seen like the cutest outfits. uh, with trainers or sneakers or whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, weird. and also, hey, typically it goes the other way around. So if once in a while. Totally. The man is more overdressed. Like, hey. I think I feel like that's super appropriately dressed for the situation. A Thursday evening. You're wearing a skirt. Right. Like, you want me to I wear know. Like, it sounds cute to me. Yeah. Like, honestly, anyway, then things got very odd. I get quite bad breakouts and was having one that day. It isn't something I'm particularly concerned by, but I do wear makeup to cover a partially bad day. So he just looked at me halfway through and said, quote, you've got really bad acne, haven't you? (gasps) Okay. 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 Triggered. Okay, mm-hmm. I am I'm very triggered mm-hmm. by this because I I got lucky in my teens and didn't have to deal with with uh acne until my adults. So my acne started in my 20s. And I've tried everything. Everything with with it and it's it's been an ongoing struggle and it's just like I feel like that's such a rude thing to say. I'm so mad right now. Yeah. I'm well, so mad you know, right now. We, to bring it back to body confidence, which is something we were talking about in the beginning of the episode, skin confidence is part of body confidence. We have to start mm-hmm. allowing skin acceptance as well and allowing skin to look like skin because, like, mm-hmm. listen, it's not normal. It's very rare for people to have like perfect, flawless skin. Everybody has no pores. pores. Everybody Acne has breakouts. Has nothing to do with someone being unclean, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, it's oh, because I have same because I I get acne, mm. I get breakouts. You know, I scar because well, we're human. 
Yeah. He's, I, he's saying because we're human, we get we get like zits every once in a while and we get breakouts and people get acne. Oh, it's shocking. Ugh. Jesus. I was sort of stunned because it's not something people have generally pointed out to me. I tried to laugh it off and change the subject. He started telling me how aggressive I was and then said I was a, quote, fiery redhead and that he loves redheads with a temper. Oh, go I was fuck very yourself. confused at this point as I wasn't being aggressive at all. So just asked if he had a problem he said no just increasing the sexual tension the man thought pointing out how spotty i was was making good sexual tension okay the fuck (laughs) at this point i start yawning and saying how tired i am and he's like yeah okay let's go back to yours i try to make excuses i'm really not into this wasn't an invitation Yeah, right. And don't want him to come back with me. He keeps trying, won't take no for an answer. I try every trick in the book. I have to work tomorrow. I'm not feeling great. I'm really tired. I'm on my period, etc, etc. He says, we can just put a towel down. No, we can't, mate. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, He's getting sort of agitated and pacing and saying, why won't you let me come back with you? I say, pick any reason from the number from above. <laughs> he says, what I, what I think is that you've got a guy there and want to get rid of me. This was completely out of the blue. At this random. point, I'd be apparently, like, yep, that's it. That's it. Apparently, I have some guy waiting for me at home. I sort of noped out, but not before saying, what does it matter if I do? This is the first time we've met. We're single people. Why would that be your first conclusion? He messages me later, apologizing, saying he had been cheated on in the past, and that he gets really jealous really easily. I say that would make sense if I was your girlfriend, but I'm not. This was our first date. Basically, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, no, she lucked out. That's a whole bag of nopes right Ugh. there in in a hand. Like she tried to tell him no in the nicest way possible, like fifteen All the ways. times. Yes, he wouldn't actually like hear anything until like he got some idea in his head that there would be a guy there, which then makes it a, a problem. A, a, no, I mean, no, here's, I so here's my question: like, why? push so hard to want to be with somebody who very clearly doesn't want to be with you. Like, why would you do that? Like, I wouldn't do that. I don't think, you know, like I wouldn't, even if I really liked somebody or thought there was a connection, if they were obviously like not about it, why would you want to be there? I don't want to feel like anybody's like burden. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. At the end, that's that's the exact same question I had to ask myself a couple of times that I had been ghosted. It was like, why, why do you care so much, or why would you want somebody so much that obviously isn't invested in you? Yeah, like you have to just let that go. So, yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> I was 45 when my wife of 15 years and I split up. It was mutual and we remained cordial, but it was still a difficult and painful experience. Once I had moved out and everything had settled, it was actually my ex-wife who encouraged me to get back into, into the dating pool. 
though in hindsight, she wasn't doing so herself. So maybe I should have listened. Maybe I shouldn't have listened. Sorry. At first, I was hesitant to get on the apps, but I found that lurking at bars as a middle-aged man looking to meet new people was not a good look, so I decided to jump in. Before long, I had matched with a 30-year-old woman on Tinder. 30 was the bottom of my age range. Truth be told, I was looking to meet someone a little closer to my age, but she seemed mature and we seemed to hit it off. After chatting for a few days, we decided to meet up. I took her to one of my favorite restaurants, not too fancy, but not a casual train restaurant either. She was beautiful in person and the date went well, even though there were a few red flags. For instance, she brought up her ex more than once in a seriously unflattering way and, quote, Uh. joked about what she would do if she ever saw him again. Still, (laughs) we've we've said it before, like, just don't don't bring up your ex on a first date. Don't do it. No. Still, I laughed it off. She was gorgeous, young, and vibrant, and to be honest, I was flattered that she even wanted to be in my company. (laughs) Uh. We continued dating for a few months, and as time went on, it became clear that we just weren't right for each other. When I brought her around my friends, she would be on her phone the entire time, almost completely ignoring everyone around us, and then push me to leave events early because she was bored. When we had to, when she had too much to drink, she would again bring up her ex and go on and on about what an asshole he was and how she wanted to key his car, etc. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh. I decided to end things. Yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> I took her out to a coffee shop, thinking it was appropriate to do it in person, and broke the news. I expected her to be upset, to cry, or throw some kind of fit, but she just stared at me quietly. <laughs> We sat in silence for a full 10 seconds, and when she spoke, it was about something completely unrelated. (laughs) Did you, were you here? Um, I think she asked me if I had seen something that had been on the news. She didn't even acknowledge that I had just ended our relationship. She acted like it didn't even happen. It was the most <laughs> bizarre thing I'd ever experienced. <laughs> She's like, if I don't acknowledge it, it didn't happen. It'll just go away. I was dumbfounded. I asked if she had heard me, and she just said, yes, I heard you. So I asked, so you're okay? She just replied, oh, yes, and took a sip of her coffee. It was unnerving. <laughs> She's like, TBH, I didn't even know we were dating. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That night, that night, her reaction was really bothering me. I texted to see if she was okay, and she responded that she was fine and would talk to me soon. Weird, but okay. I went to sleep. The next day, I wake up to my doorbell ringing at 7.30 a.m. It was her in workout gear asking if I was ready for our hike. Our what? Then I remembered that I had made plans with her before the breakup. I tried gently telling her that we were broken up. She just responded, no, we're not. (laughs) Oh, shit. Wait, I don't know if I love this girl or am disturbed by her. They're married now. That's how this is going to end. I tried arguing with her. I reminded her of the previous day's conversation and she just said, Yes, I heard you, but I never agreed to that. So we're not broken up. (laughs) (laughs) 
amazing. <laughs> if you're thinking about that episode of Seinfeld, yes, it was like that. <laughs> so there's an oh. episode of Seinfeld where that happens yes. to George, where he like goes to break up with a woman and she's like, no, and he doesn't know what to do. So they just keep dating. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. How does one react in a situation like this? I told her that I thought it was best if she left and she lost it, started yelling and screaming about how much of a dick I was. It was scary. Luckily, I hadn't let her in yet, so I closed the door and locked it. She started pounding on the door, saying that she'd ruin my life and how dare I do this to her after she was willing to give me a second chance. (laughs) What? <laughs> I figured I'd wait her out, but this oh, went no. on for 45 minutes. Dude, 9 oh. one fucking mm-hmm. one. Finally, things went quiet. I was surprised one of my neighbors hadn't called the cops, to be honest. I gave it another half hour before peeking through the curtains. I didn't see her. I breathed a sigh of relief and went about my day. When I left my house later that morning, I was horrified. Not only had she TP'd my house, yes, like we were in seventh grade, (laughs) but she had also used shaving cream to write liar in huge letters on my car in the driveway. Oh my God, is she like fucking worships Carrie Underwood or something? And to be honest, at least it was shaving cream and not like she hadn't actually keyed his car, you know? True. I'd never experienced anything like this in my life. I called some friends to come over and help me clean up the mess. They stayed with me that day, and one even stayed the night to make sure she didn't show back up. She (laughs) never did, though I did get a text from her the following week. Quote, I thought we had something special. Can we try again? It said. No. (laughs) You wrote... In my yard with shaving cream. So you had to go somewhere and buy it. That's exactly right. She went somewhere and got toilet paper and shaving cream and came back. And the whole time in her head is thinking, this is still a good idea. This is still a good idea. This is still a good idea. No, it's not. Needless to say. Call your friend. (laughs) Right. Maybe get a second opinion is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, I blocked her. Thankfully, she never showed back up and I never heard from her again. My ex-wife had a good laugh and eventually ended up helping me curate my online dating profiles to weed out the crazies. (laughs) I met my current long-term non-insane girlfriend on Tinder a few months later. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Wow. Jesus. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way, in a This workout is fun, and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy, and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. 
So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. Well, are you guys ready for Crazy in Love? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Okay. So obviously I was very inspired by the drama th- this week with Jason Collier. So I feel like that influenced my crazy in love decision this week. And so I got a story from Historical Crime Detective. Uh, it's Noise. a blog that I think we've all gone to. I've by never Jason been there. Lucky Monroe. But I love the sound of that. Exactly. And um, there's a really great Medium article by Heather Monroe. And I'm going to tell you guys the crazy and love story of Arthur Leroy Antoine. Okay. Okay. I actually, and this is funny because we've all talked about our different ways of doing crazy and love. So this week, Keegan, I decided to try and do it your way where I actually typed out like I was an, an author on a <laughs> Word document, <laughs> this crazy in love. So I'm going to dive right in and see see what this is like. But I'm trying it Keegan's way this time instead of my own psychopath notes. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> to tell crazy in loves. Okay. So Ada Ruth Rogers was born in 1897 in a small town in Minnesota to a loving farming family. She was charming with a sweet disposition and a fellow farmer boy fell head over heels for her. Mm, This sounds like a romance novel and I am here for it. (laughs) Farm boy, fetch me that pail. (laughs) (laughs) As you wish. Arthur Leroy Antoine asked for her hand and they were married in January of 1916. So she was only like 18 years old. Arthur was adventurous and ambitious, constantly seeking to improve their situation. They went out west to seek opportunity, and soon they had two baby boys in tow. It seemed that no matter what the job or the city was, it was never good enough. So Ada was used to uprooting and moving constantly. But she and the boys grew older Ada grew weary of the constant changes with no roots. In 1927, she used her own money to put a down payment on a grocery store in Oakland, California. Okay. Yeah, girl. Determined to stay put. She's like, you know what? I'm like almost 30 now. I'm done with fucking moving. We've all moved several times over our lives. Mm -hmm. It fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. I bet it sucked more in the early 1900s. Amen. You're having to crank up that car to go from place to place. No, thank you. That doesn't sound like fun. How are you going to get a a fucking, you know, couch on the back of like Henry Ford's first automobile? (laughs) T-model or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have corrected you. Now I sound like I'm 80. No, you mean a model <laughs> No, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> but Arthur and his wonderlust had other ideas. He managed to find a job in Campo Seco, California as an auto mechanic, which was 90 miles away from his family. Dude, what? Pause. Why? Like, you can't find it a job as like... an auto mechanic in Th- Oakland? Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. No, he was just constantly the type of person that, like, like Ada was like he had good jobs everywhere he went everywhere okay. 
and was Sir, still you're just a like serial nope. killer and running from the law. What is happening? He's, he's a Jason Collier so and much? has a wife in every city. <gasps> That's what's happening right now. Like he because he's like, I don't want to be by Ada too long. It Deuces. reminds me of of that dude, the um the lover's lane killer. And he used to travel, his move his family all over the country. And his daughter is the one who turned him in. And they ended up in Ohio. Oh, he, yes. The serial killer guy. And there was that whole yes. documentary about, I mean, the podcast about that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so he managed to find this job in Campo Seco, California as an auto mechanic, 90 miles away from his family. He decided to live there instead of with his family. Of course he did. he didn't want to make the commute. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He can't wear his ring to work. You know why? He's going to get caught in all that sheenery. You know, he just loves his ring so much. He doesn't want it to get all scratched up while he's working on cars. It's totally reasonable. It's completely reasonable. are giving the best excuses ever. He also had another reason to stay in Campo Seco, and that was his boss's 18-year-old beautiful (gasps) daughter, Lila. Stovall. You're fucking your boss's daughter while cheating on your wife, you absolute idiot. <laughs> 18. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. Back in Oakland, Ada was actually doing really well. Her neighbors and customers found her polite and likable, but many assumed she was widowed since they never saw her husband, and it was a rumor she really resented. They felt sorry for her and asked her if she would be alone on Christmas, to which she had no idea. I mean, they didn't have cell phones at that point. He wasn't texting her saying like, yeah, I'll be home or whatever. She just like wouldn't hear from him for stretches at a time. So surprisingly, he did actually show up for the holiday, but only briefly before he made the trip back to work. You got to work on Christmas? Really, Thank you. Like your boss mm-hmm. is making you come in, go fuck yourself. People are taking their cars in to get them fixed on Christmas. <laughs> like, no, no, no. But he promised to return for their 12th wedding anniversary in a few weeks on January 12th. And return he did to ask for a divorce. He had proposed to Lila just two days prior. <laughs> Ada was not in the mood for that noise on their fucking anniversary. <laughs> on their anniversary. The balls wow. on this man. The balls. <laughs> He's like, to celebrate our union, I would like to end it immediately, if He's not like, sooner. Here's your heart-shaped <laughs> box of chocolates. And also, with a, note. a divorce, please. <laughs> and also, I am in love with an 18-year-old. <sighs> oh. Uh, so, and she would not agree to a divorce or separation. Her boys remember her crying that night as she tucked them in. And the next morning, they awoke to their father cooking a large breakfast over a roaring fire. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I do not want to eat my mom. Do not make me eat my mom. Do not make me eat my mom. Mommy left us for another man, he said. No, no. But I'll be back in a few days with a new mommy. No, you won't. Please don't. And then he sent them off to school. No. Nope. Set back to Campo Seco to collect his young bride. No. 
Okay, so now you can live in Oakland, you piece of shit. Now it's not a problem. Okay. These these kids are both under 10, and it is the early, like, 1900s. So keep that in mind. This is, like, 1920-something. And these are kids under 10. Four days later, he returned. So he just, just left them alone for four God. days. He's like, figure it out. <laughs> You're fine. You got some I leftover left mom meat. I mean, meat in the fridge. <laughs> oh, no. Four days later, he returned with Lila. The young boys liked her all right, but these neighbors were a bit suspicious. You think? They're like, where the fuck is Ada? <laughs> They're like, we she- Ada, Ada. I Sorry. wanted to buy some cilantro. She's the grocer. Where the fuck is she? <laughs> they had questions. Like one, how could the marriage be legal if his wife just left a few days earlier? Mm-hmm. Two, where did she go? No mm-hmm. one had ever seen a man around. So neighbor Elizabeth Craft, who was that bitch, confronted mm-hmm. him straight up and said, I may be putting my foot into it, but a lot of neighbors say that you did away with your wife. Oh, I fucking I love think- some real talk. I really do. I really do. She didn't even come half-ass at all. She's she was like, like look, me. this is what's going on. I love some a nosy people neighbor. Are saying, I'm not one of them, but I'm one of them. And they're saying. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> Not even vacuuming the grass. No. She's up there. She like, went up there bold as day, face. knocked on the door. She's like, bang, bang, bang. Listen, buddy. Why'd you kill your wife? <laughs> Where's she at? Inquiring minds need Where's to she know. At, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She says, I think it's up to you to give us some suggestions <laughs> or information that may help us clear up the situation, <laughs> which is an old timey way of saying. <laughs> Yep. You better give us the deets oh, I right love now. It. That's amazing. I love her. Oh, this girl. Oh, my gosh. So Arthur only laughed off the concerns as gossip. But Lila, his new bride, did not. Before their marriage, Arthur had told Lila he was widowed. And she didn't understand why he told her that Instead of what he was telling everybody else, that oh, Ada had no. run off with another man. at least keep your story straight. She decided to do some snooping. So she finds, she snoops, she's talking to the sons, and she's looking through their house, and Mm-mm. she's like, okay, Ada has a brand new curling iron here and some money in a teapot. And she's like, puts two and two together. And this curling iron is what seals the deal. She's like, she would not have left this brand new curling iron. She's like, what is it, 1927? She's like, you need Mm -hmm. those curls. She's like, gotta have those finger waves. And a curling iron back then. I mean. It was brand new. She's like, no. And if you were going to run off, you wouldn't leave your teapot money for sure. You need that. (laughs) Exactly. So she questions him and he explodes on her. She's like, he's like, why are you always questioning me about Ada? Ada, 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 like leave off of it. He's like, I fed her to my kids. Okay. (laughs) Enough already. (laughs) So she gets scared and she goes to her 
brother, Floyd. And she's like, uh, I don't know. The neighbors are gossiping, all this stuff. And Floyd is like, listens to all this stuff that she's discovered. And he gets fucking pissed because he, what he thinks is that Arthur is just a dirty man who tricked his sister into an illegal marriage. He's yeah, no, like, it tracks. He's like, you've made my sister a bigamist. He doesn't confront Arthur, but he's like immediately on the train, choo-choo to the DA. He's going, <laughs> he's like, this is bigamy. You know, this and I appreciate cool. that. He bypassed, you know, he could have mm-hmm. gone straight to Arthur, but he was like, you know what? Let's just skip all that drama. Go straight to the I'm authorities. Po Police. So he goes to them and the police are like, Mm, shady story okay we don't know this dude so they're gonna pick him up for questioning but they actually do one smart thing before they do that and that is that they canvas the neighborhood and get all the goss all the tea before Mm -hmm. they do that and one neighbor, neighbor is like, hi, come <laughs> here first. Like, She's like, I she got comes notes. To knock on their window. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, are you guys here about the murder? Or She's like, I've no? been keeping a diary. Hold on one sec. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let me get the, like, my old timey receipts. Here we go. So when they do pick him up, he tries to like brush it off as just gossip or whatever, but they... They're like, no, this is just too weird. So try to explain this this stuff. And so he just gave them all shoulders saying like, I don't know any of this stuff. But when they finally push him, he admits that his wife, yes, was dead. But he's too ashamed. He's too ashamed about it. Because, because he, he did it. He, he had told his wife that he wanted a divorce and she was so distraught at the thought of losing him okay. that she immediately ran to a bridge and threw herself into the river. And then cooked herself up for breakfast and <laughs> fed it to the boys. And the police were like, well, that sounds legit. I guess we're done here. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Police actually bought that for a second and then <laughs> started to drag the river for her body And when they couldn't find it, they went to him again. And his reply was, that's strange. Keep looking. I know she's in there. Just keep keep digging. And meanwhile, they're wasting how many like city resources on like doing this shit. (laughs) They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds legit. It was such a weird reply to them. And the way that he said it, it just like didn't stick right with them. So they they that's weird. They did keep looking. But at last, when they couldn't find anything in the river, then they finally decided to search his home. And when they did, they were shocked to find that the bedroom was completely covered in like half scrubbed blood stains. Like <laughs> half scrubbed. Sir. So he couldn't even be like, like he, he didn't even care enough to like scrub the blood completely out. Well, he doesn't know how to clean. That's what yeah. he has a wife for. It was, <laughs> it, on, was it was everywhere. <laughs> and they were like, uh, oh, okay. So then with that evidence, they were able to go to the DA. The DA was like, dig up his fucking yard, his house, like everything. 
they dug up his yard where they found a mattress completely saturated in blood. And he was just like, I don't know how that got there. That must have been there when I moved. And so police are kind of stuck. They don't have a body. They have a story that's believable at the time that a man fell in love with a younger woman and the older woman was so distraught that she killed herself over it. And there's no body, there's no evidence to prove otherwise. So they're just like, we don't know what to do. So Lila, the 18-year-old who this whole time has just been like, I'm just getting more and more suspicious. Like all this stuff is like, leave it to me, boys. And this is the 1920s. So she's like, all right, I'll get you. <laughs> she goes in to the interrogation room. She sidles on up to Arthur and she's like, Arthur, I pledge my undying love to you. I just need to hear it from your lips. Tell me the truth. I'm always here for you. I love you so much. Like, unburden your soul and we can be together forever. And he's like, that's all I need to hear. Oh. And then he tells her that he had waited until Ada cried herself to sleep that night and then hit her in the head with a hammer three times. He then locked the bedroom door and spent the entire night separating the flesh from her bones <gasps> and stuffing it into two gunny sacks, nope. which he then sewed shut. <gasps> no. He used a saw and a hatchet to break her bones <gasps> into small pieces and put them into the stove box. And in the morning, he cooked his son's breakfast with that roaring fire. And he took the gunny sacks and yeeted them into the river. (laughs) He then went back, did a half-ass scrub of the bedroom, and then was off to collect his new bride. So you see, Arthur said, your brother was all wrong when he called me a bigamist. Oh, my God. Okay. There it is. There's the worry. <laughs> oh, man. Lila, who must have been <sighs> silently screaming She's this like, whole mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, sweetheart. Goodbye. <laughs> was absolutely disgusted and relayed the confession exactly to the police, adding that she couldn't wait to get a divorce from this human beast. Arthur was then put on trial and sentenced to life on May 27th, 1928. The jury was split on death due to the fact that the police at this point had still not been able to find a body. Just a few days after his sentence, however, the sacks were found too late to change the sentence from life to death. Now, he was a model prisoner at San Quentin. <gasps> no, come on, no. Say no. it. Now, one of his sons, Roland, had completely disowned him after his mother's death. But his younger son, Kenneth, couldn't quite, you know, it, it's it's a complicated thing. Is it? When you're, I, I can't imagine what that's like when, when a parent kills another parent or whatever, but his his son Kenneth kept in contact with him, occasionally visiting him in prison. He was such a good prisoner that the warden of San Quentin said that he could get out in 1943 if he could prove he had a secure job waiting for him. 
Because the job's the issue here. (laughs) Making sure he's employed is the concern. (laughs) Like (laughs) He talked to Kenneth and he's like, listen, Kenneth, I have fifteen hundred in savings. That's my entire life savings. Take this, buy a business, any business, and you run it until I get out of jail and then we'll run it together. And his son, Kenneth's like, sounds like a good idea, Pops. I love it. You are an entrepreneur. Down for it. And then he never hears from his son again. (laughs) (laughs) That's the happiest ending that that could have been. He's just like, deuces, Pops. Bye. (laughs) Just wait. So Arthur is furious. He is madder than he's ever been in his life. He's been betrayed. He is just fuming and a few years later he happens to be transferred to chino state in 1949 and he's still fuming about his son kenneth like can't believe he's been portrayed and it is april 13th of that year that he actually escapes the prison no what police are immediately like holy shit we've got to protect kenneth he is going to go and kill that fucking kid. And so they rally around him, but Kenneth never hears from his father and neither does anyone else. And no one knows what became of Arthur. Shut after your he fucking from mouth. Prison. And that. I. Uh, hmm. <laughs> That is the story of somebody. Some people say he went to Mexico. Some people say that Kenneth was in on it, drawing the police away so his father could escape and lead the rest of his life. But he basically only spent 20 years in prison for the most horrendous of crimes. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a story you made up. I I can't believe I've that never heard of that. That is wild. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about it. Lila, the hero? <laughs> yeah. Lila and the went on the to get married again and had a great life. Good for her. Good. Whatever. I don't know what happened to the neighbor, but she's my favorite of the story. The as neighbor well. is the best. <laughs> oh, my God. I love a nosy neighbor. Mm. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, and that's that's what it made me think of when I was looking at different crazy and loves this week. I was just like, I do feel like a nosy neighbor this week with the whole Jason yes. Collier scandal. And I was like, don't we all identify with yeah. Elizabeth a little much? Was like, we need an explanation. Right <laughs> Excuse now. me. I think you deets. owe the neighborhood an explanation. <laughs> she carried his ass so hard. <laughs> that is how I feel about Jason Collier. Like, I'm so annoyed mm. that we're probably not going to get any kind of public statement from him because I'm like, I'm sorry. You owe you the owe public us. an explanation as to what the hell was going on here. <laughs> we're all so invested we're only hearing one side I'm like I want to hear Opal's side I want to hear Jason's I hear from side Opal. I want the Netflix doc I want all of it so I think it's gonna be a lifetime oh, <laughs> if anything even better even better who would play yeah. him in the lifetime mm. movie mm. there's actually a poll in one of the groups that I was in Jason somebody, Priestley somebody put <laughs> Pem Badgley <laughs> <Or what>? uh, <laughs> from you oh god no oh no no 
He's too good looking. <laughs> yeah. That's, so That's why true. I said Jason Priestley. I think it's perfect. <laughs> oh, God. I stand by my answer. <laughs> well, what are you guys uh, watching this week? Uh, well, my my like week has been eaten up with homework and school, which I'm so thankful for because it has kept me from like just binging the shit out of television. Um, so really the only thing I've done is my typical ER at night, but I did watch um, our friend's show, our friend Sarah Tomko, her Resident show. Resident Alien. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's super cute. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, she, I didn't realize like she's like 50% of the show. Like honestly, she's the main character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And her and Alan Tudyk have such great chemistry. It's super good. I was really, really excited. I thought it was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect I, timing too. You know what I mean? Like it's light. Yeah. It's super light. I actually, I enjoy like sci-fi original shows for the most part for that reason alone is that they tend to be super light but they have really interesting, unique storylines. So yeah, yeah. Um, I watched uh, no one set, no one saw a thing, which is on Sundance, which is a six-part documentary series um, on the Sundance Channel about uh, a town in Missouri called Skidmore, and the fact that the whole town got together in a meeting and decided to murder the town bully. Jesus. What and did this motherfucker do? That's for what I'm saying. Because I'm like, how town. shitty of a human being do you have to be that an entire town is like, you know what? We can't take it anymore. Well, Oof. not only that, that happened in 81. And then since then, what this doc series theorizes is that the effect that that had, because they've never been able to find out who actually killed the town bully everyone's pressed and and there were like 60 people that witnessed this murder and everyone's like nope i didn't see anything or whatever wow so they theorized the effect that that's had on the town because the murder rate and the crazy shit that's happened in the town since then has been so extreme that they're like (gasps) this must have been the catalyst because like they're like if this guy was so bad why didn't things go back to happily ever after, after they murdered him? Huh. Like, things got progressively worse. And so, like, I know you guys are aware of Bobby Joe Stinnett. Yeah. The, the Lisa Brooklyn. Montgomery coming and cutting her baby out of her mm-hmm. happened in Skidmore, Missouri. Mm. Oh, like, I don't know. All, okay, never mind. Yes. All these fucking crazy crimes happened in Skidmore, Missouri after that killing. And like everyone's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't notice anything. And so they're like wondering like what the correlation was. It's really, Mm. really interesting. Ain't no snitches in Skidmore. Clearly. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Damn. It ain't just snitches that get stitches there. It's mm, everyone. Everybody gets stitches in Skidmore. Everybody gets stitches. Stitches for all. (laughs) So really, they're really putting the light skin stuff. and skin work. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Keegan? So I did take um, a Christina suggestion, and my nighttime show has been <laughs> Ink Master. Man, <laughs> did I forget how yep. <laughs> incredible early two thousands mm. reality shows are! Like, <laughs> wow, amazing. Alfliction. Wow. 
hate him. And that's how you know that that motherfucker <laughs> is going to be on the show until like the top five because th- yep. there's always one villain and they always mm-hmm. have to keep him on until like right before the end. They can't win, but you know they're going to stay on for as long as possible just to annoy the shit out of you. And it, Can we exactly- talk about how hot Dave Navarro oh. is though? <laughs> look, look, he okay though. Is- okay, Wait. but... But for uh, why, we though? did this. We did this as a fuck Mary kill, didn't we? We did Dave no- the the judges. Oh no, we tried Mm-mm. to, but I think Keegan, you I had hadn't seen it. Yet, right? I hadn't seen it, so I've seen it we now. We should do the judges. I've seen it now, and here's the thing: Dave Navarro definitely hot. However, Oof. it's so apparent that they hired that man with no credentials. Like he even says in the <laughs> beginning, he's like. He's like, I'm going to be the host and judge because I have a lot of tattoos. And it's like he <laughs> offers nothing of substance. Nothing. He, he just nothing. has an opinion. Like, what's it better? It's his, his technical, like, judging of the of like their work gets so much better because he's right. really learning from these guys. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. Season yeah, one. At the beginning. Whoa. Season one. It's just like. Oof. It's almost like he'll say his opinion and then like the two judges who know what they're talking about will give a different opinion and then Dave Navarro will be like, Yeah, actually that like that's we kind will, of- we yeah. will put a pin in this because I would like to fuck Mary Kill, the Ink Master judges. Mm-hmm. Because they're so I have mean an opinion on that. <laughs> also. I have an opinion on that. I have opinions too. There's one judge who literally get I don't know his name. I gotta watch it more. Oliver but is it is the, the long haired guy? No, the long-haired guy no, is kind sh- of a dick, but the short-haired guy never gives yep. any positive feedback that I've seen okay. whatsoever. Like, Listen, he's just mean. I have a personal story about him I will share. Because <gasps> he's from Miami. <laughs> yes, and I, he was worked, on Miami I worked across the street from him. I was, I was working at a tattoo shop across the street from Miami Inc. when that show was airing, and I have a fucking Brilliant. story about uh, it. I can't wait. I Ugh. know shit about I know shit about Kat too, <gasps> because she came on to that she show. Married like after I know I know all I know tea. Okay. All right. I'm excited. Tea. We will definitely talk about that. We'll we'll fuck Mary Kill them next episode. But the other thing that I've been watching that is just I'm loving is Last Tango in Halifax. Oh my god. Oh my god, you were talking about it's that. It's so cute. It's so cute. So, it has a woman in it. She was in Happy Valley, which if you like like British, you know, kind of like crime procedurals, you should watch Happy Valley because it's so good and she's so good in it. Um, but I kept seeing it pop up and, you know, Netflix knows me, so it was using her in all of the like artwork to try and like pull me Mm -hmm. in so I saved it to my list and then I finally started watching it and it's basically about these two like septuagenarians who like had a missed connection when they were teenagers and then linked back up on Facebook when both of their spouses died when they were in their 70s and decided to get married and it's like it's like these two families trying to come together it's so cute and that sounds heartwarming. I love it. So if you're oh my looking God, for heartwarming, Keegan, I watched that um, that documentary you Pick recommended of the about litter. the Yes. <gasps> did you love it? I did, but also <laughs> oh, I, no. I have opinions. Uh. I was just like, oh my gosh! 
Also, I just don't know what happens to breeding dogs. Oh, I don't when know. They go into that. I'm like, that do side they just have the love of too. a family? But I, I was like, these are the ones that are going to come and be breed dogs. And I was like, wrong completely from the beginning. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. The the one like the one of the litter who ended up going on to be a breed dog, I was like, well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means, but the rest of the documentary, as far as just like even the mm-hmm. one, I kept having to remind Anthony because he kept getting sad, and I was like, well, even the ones that don't go on to be guide dogs, they're going to go on to be somebody's them. pet yeah. who like loves them so much, and right. like they're so freaking cute. Like the Patriot story was really beautiful. Cute. Mm. Oh my Patriot god, dog. So I haven't watched this documentary, but when I used to work for this company called Unite, um, there is a company. Uh, and it's called um, uh, s- something to soldier, soldier to something. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's going to drive me crazy. But it's like a um, they take, oh, shelter to soldier to shelter, shelter to soldier. That's what it is. So they take shelter dogs um, like German Shepherd or something who's got like a few years on them, just a couple years old. Then they can train them to be um not like uh, support dogs, emotional support, support dogs, mm-hmm. emotional yes. support dogs. Dude, it is so they're basically like saving two lives at once. It is the most fucking heartwarming shit. Mm-hmm. That's kind ever. of what happened in that documentary. The one oh. that we're talking yep. about is because like yep. it had been a vet who had PTSD who had been training this dog had to give him up to go to another trainer and then at the end they were like hey he can't go on to be a seeing eye dog but if you want him back you can have him back and so he took him back and he's like he's my best friend and I'm like oh my god dying dying it was so good so yeah if you need something heartwarming check that out because it definitely was really really got me in all the feels but yeah if you guys have stories to share if you have things that we should watch anything like that go to our one-stop shop website it's myworstdatepodcast.com and we love you guys so much cheers Hey, Worsties, check out this podcast, Sex Talk with My Mom. We think that you will love it. It is filled with frank discussions about sex, and Cameron and Karen are hilarious. So check out their preview, and we hope you check out their podcast anywhere you listen. Cheers. It's uncomfortable to talk about sex, but sometimes it's important to get uncomfortable. Sex Talk with My Mom is the best mom-son podcast about sex. It is the only one as well. My mother is a cougar. My son is a clown. In a nutshell, my dad died. So my mother decided to create a YouTube channel all about sex, like all mothers do. And then my son decides to use my material in his stand-up comedy routines. And thus, Sex Talk with My Mom was born. Each week we interview comedians. She starts sucking my dick. And I'm like, whoa, I guess pornos are real. (laughs) <laughs> we also talk to sex experts. I could bottom in a really dominant way. I can be like, bitch, pick up that flogger and hit me with it now. And we also talk to our ex-lovers. I was not that experienced with fingering. So we start... Not that experienced? I wasn't that experienced. I, I, I'm picking up from like what I've seen on porn, he which is... He was hovering. Uh, he was hoverboarding it. We've been featured in Esquire magazine on the Today Show. At Second City in Chicago. Subscribe to Sex Talk with my mom. This is a Blast Box Media Podcast.